Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to This One's a Doozy. I'm Kevin. And I'm Haley. And we talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings-on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. You're getting really good at that. I, I do my best. I can tell. I do my best. And if you haven't noticed. every time. Yeah? Uh, well, I... <sighs> shucks. <laughs> Some people give 90%, and that's great. Some people give 100, and that's cool. But you always go that extra 110. step. 110. Yep. That's, well, now I know that I will never just automate it and I'll continue to say it. Forever. You could automate it. That would I also probably... be working working smarter, not harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anybody uh, who's jumping in recently, uh, you may or may not have heard this new intro music we've got going. Yes, for I this love it. new series. We haven't changed our eternal forever intro music. This is because we're doing something unique and special. Why don't you uh, explain a little bit, my dear? Yeah. So we are doing for the next foreseeable several weeks, summer shorts. Mm -hmm. It's basically just bite-sized content. We, uh, we, I want to be able to put the time that each episode deserves into it. And uh, if I'm going to produce, you know, essentially a script for an hour long episode, I need to be able to sit down and actually do that, which is impossible in the summer. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm just picking cases that like, it's just a shorter story. There's yeah. just not as many details, yeah. you know, just as great and just as important of a story to tell, especially when we're talking about true crime. Right. Um, but yeah, just less to draw from in yeah. order to do it. Well, and, and you've told me in the past that it's hard sometimes because there's so many great stories, but you feel like you're you're like trying to hit a certain minimum of mm-hmm. length. And you're like, there's so many stories that are just way shorter than that. Yeah. And so then the solution for a few have been like kind of um, anthology kind of sort of settings yeah. where it's like a two, like Compilations. two or three, yeah, yeah, two or three different stories that are kind of in the same theme. Sure. But even that sometimes it's like, well, there's still one-offs to things all the mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, this was kind of a cool opportunity to jump into that, which totally. I, I've really enjoyed the last couple so far. Me too. So, well, before we get uh, too far down the road. We need to ask the question, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm doing another one of those clean, simple eats. This time I got the peach, and I can't remember if it's hydrate or if it's the collagen. Nice. I think it's hydrate. Nice. Tastes great. I'll bet. I uh, am being boring tonight. (laughs) I'm drinking water. Well, good for you. But here's why. It's not (laughs) not good for me. I mean, the water is good for me. 
But the reason is because I made with the kids tonight uh, like a baked s'mores dip. Yeah, you did. That is just so sweet and sugary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to, I need to wash this down. Yeah. (laughs) I I like still taste it. It's been like four hours. I'm so glad I didn't have any for that reason. (laughs) I also have really been like super, super cutting down sugar. Yeah. But it smelled really good. Our house smelled like a fall candle. Yeah. It was nice. But, and it was, it was tasty, but it's very sweet. Yeah. That being said, I'm just drinking water. Nice. So. Makes sense. A sensible option for a sensible man. Yes. Well, (laughs) this week, so so also part of this shortened series, we uh, changed our, uh, we're not, we're not doing a feel good fact Mm -hmm. for this. Um, and over on Patreon, we do a different thing called Headline Hijinks. Obviously, this isn't a Patreon episode, so we're not doing that either. Right. Instead, we are doing recommends and do not recommends. Mm-hmm. One of us picks one thing to recommend. The other one picks one thing to not recommend within a certain theme. Yes. And uh, I actually already thought of one. Yeah, and you so did because I I'm stewed. I stewed and I was like, I need you to do this. And you're like, got it. Yes, I got one. <laughs> All right. So lay it on me. I Here don't... it is. Here it is. I'm going to ask you. Phone app games that you would or would not recommend. Ooh, okay. Well, my game folder is like six swipes deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's like how I disassociate. Like I just play a stupid game on my phone. Yes. Oh, man. Well, do you want recommend or do you want don't recommend? Whichever one. You I've got I've got both on my phone okay. also. I'm not six folders, six swipes deep. I'm like two and a half, but Yeah, because I play a lot of games and like I hyperfixate on a game mm-hmm. hard for like two weeks and then I never play it again. Right. And it's not because there's anything wrong with the game most of the time. <laughs> I just get bored and move on to the next game. Right. I like play a game that I found in an ad of another game. It's like keep going forever, but then I never delete the games. So I don't recommend doing that. (laughs) It's a real time killer. (laughs) Um, I would say, uh, so myself and our oldest child have been playing Ark Mobile. I think it's like the second one. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't I've consider myself. I've watched you play it, but I don't know where it came from or anything. I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fun. So yeah, I would recommend wh- whichever art game is on the iOS and, you know, yeah. Google. A R C A R K A R K. Yes. Nice. It's like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time like. Yes. Training my dinosaurs. Yeah, but don't you like build up a team and they like protect you and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our oldest tamed like 50 of the least (laughs) useful dinosaurs that like have protected her fiercely. So amazing. Turns out she's the one who figured it all out. Yeah. She hacked the game way better than you did. (laughs) She did. All right. So what do you then not recommend? Yes. My non recommend. This is going to sound maybe a little bit boring to some. But my do not recommend is the basic tic-tac-toe app. (laughs) Here's why. So first of all, let me just clear the air of any concerns. I don't hate tic-tac-toe. Okay. You're not anti-tic-tac-toe. I'm not anti-tic-tac-toe. That's good. The problem with it is I can do the exact same thing on a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. And let's just say I don't. 
have a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil, I can also just like write it on my phone, like little like notes or something like that. Mm. It's the most worthless game. And they made it, they made the ads for it like an eternity between games. And like between every like round. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unless you're going to pay premium for, which I'm like, why would I pay premium for something I can just do on paper? Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I already spend money on paper. Why would I do all this? Right. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do not recommend the tic-tac-toe app. It's got like, I guess a few different, like, uh, like, like skins. Well, also like alternate ways to play tic-tac-toe. But Nobody I'm like, asked for that. Yeah, who needs that? <laughs> I'm I'm here to play tic tac toe. Right. And yeah, and they want you to pay for that too. I'm like, you no. Have such why strong would opinions. I? So this I love is that. this is the most opinionated I think I've <laughs> ever been on the show. Do not download the tic tac toe game app on your phone. Except for the time you called Ed Kemper an incel. That was pretty. Well, good. oh yeah, that's fair. That's enough strong opinion too. He went on a rant, but anyway. Oh, anyway. That's it. That's our our recommend and do not recommend. So download ARC. And if you've already downloaded Tic-Tac-Toe, go delete it right now. Delete it immediately. You do not want that in your life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my love, you got a short for us this uh, this week. Yes, I do. Uh, We're back with another true crime story. So there's something priceless about being a kid and having adults in your life that you can fully place your trust in. For many kids, it's their parents. For others, it's the parents like maybe of their best friend. Maybe it's their coach, a neighbor, or maybe their teacher. But in today's story, it's an adult that should have been able to be trusted who became the most dangerous person in one young girl's life. Mm. This is the shocking story of Ashley Reeves. Hang on, Kev. This one's a doozy. Wow. Just that setup. Uh, already makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah. Okay, so Ashley Reeves was born in Belleville, Illinois, to her parents, Michelle and Tracy. She also had a younger sister named Casey, who she's very close with. Growing up, Ashley was described as being super bright and funny. She was also athletic and had a handful of solid friendships, as well as a relationship with a boy named Jeremy. The two had been together for two years at the time of today's story. Hmm. So at the time of today's story, which took place in April of 2006, Ashley was 17 years old and a junior at Columbia High School in Millstadt, Illinois. And she was so excited to finish up junior year and head on to senior year and then graduation. She was an excellent student and things were going very well for her at this time. Hmm. On Thursday, April 27th, 2006, Ashley had asked Jeremy if she could borrow his vehicle to drive to an interview in Fairview Heights about 20 minutes away from her home in Millstadt. Jeremy was going to be out of town with his family, and so he agreed to let her borrow the car. Ashley told her parents that she had plans to head to Fairview Heights for a job interview Hmm. and that she'd pack some extra clothes so that she could play some basketball afterwards. Ashley was a responsible girl who never missed curfew, and so her mom was totally cool with that arrangement. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Her only thing was, you have to be home by curfew, which is 10 o'clock. At around 1030, Michelle noticed the time and realized that Ashley still wasn't home. She checked her phone to see if she had any missed calls or texts from Ashley, but she didn't. And so she asked Casey if she'd heard from her. When Casey said no, she hadn't. This set alarm bells off for both of them immediately. Mm. Michelle got in contact with some of Ashley's friends who also said that they hadn't seen her that evening. And this was not like her at all. She would not just not show up without contacting her family or friends. So after multiple failed attempts to contact Ashley, Michelle was starting to feel panicked, and so she immediately called the St. Clair County Sheriff's Office to report her daughter missing. 
At first, police assured her that she was probably just out with friends. She maybe lost track of time or that she was being, you know, just a typical teenager Mm. breaking curfew, you know, being a little rebel for the night kind of deal. But when Michelle insisted that something was very wrong, police decided to look into the case right away. Which, thankfully, they did because you don't always see that in stories like this. Right, right. Normally, police will wait until a person has been missing for around 24 hours before yeah. they do any kind of investigating. Because right. most of the time, the person does show up. Yeah. Well, and there's a certain protocol. There's some certain mm-hmm. standards. Sure. Yeah, it's it, it's tricky because because of that window. Basically, you shorten your window from however long it could be right. up, to, up to 48 to like, well, now you really only have 24 right at, you know in most circumstances so it can be it can be a little bit a bit of a, a hard uh conversation like a hard call to make yeah hard call to make hard to there's just so many instances of needing to go one way or the other and it's you never know until after the fact right hindsight's 2020 totally so so police started first with attempting to locate jeremy's car the last known vehicle that ashley would have been in Within a few hours of the search, they found Jeremy's car at Ladderman Park in Belleville, roughly 15 minutes from Ashley's house. When they searched the car, there were no signs of Ashley, but they did find the bag that she'd packed, and in the bag were the clothes that she had packed to play basketball. Mm. So immediately, officers knew that Michelle's gut instinct was correct, and so they doubled down on their search for Ashley. Wow. They brought Jeremy in for questioning and immediately, pretty much, ruled him out as a suspect in her disappearance. He had a rock-solid alibi, and he was just as concerned as everybody else was yeah. about making sure that we they found her safe and sound and as quickly as possible. And it was something that Jeremy said that kind of gave them a little bit of direction. Why would she plan to go play basketball at Latterman Park, which is a full 15 minutes from her house, when there are other courts much closer? Mm. Maybe she was meeting somebody. Mm. So something was definitely off about yeah. this whole situation. Yeah. While the police were conducting their investigation, Michelle was conducting one of her own. She took it upon herself to contact the phone company and get her daughter's phone records. Yeah. She looked through all of the most recent incoming and outgoing calls, and if she didn't recognize a number, she'd call it. Most of the time, it was just Ashley's friends, but there was another number that kept popping up in the phone records as incoming calls that she did not recognize, Hmm. and so she called it. A man answered and said that his name was Sam. When Michelle asked Sam if he'd seen Ashley, he said no. And before she could ask the most obvious question, what are you, an adult man, doing contacting my daughter? Sam hung up on her. Of course. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he hang up on her? Oh, my gosh. So at the same time, police brought in several of Ashley's closest friends for questioning. And there was one name that kept popping up. Sam Shelton. Mm. Ashley would apparently meet up with this person to play basketball, and they had plans to meet up the day that Ashley went missing to do just that. Oh, and one other thing. Not only did the two meet up to play basketball, but they were romantically involved, and he was a teacher. Oh, no. So I'm just going to clear that up, what I just said right off the bat. So when I say romantically involved, what I really mean is Sam was grooming Ashley and any physical or emotional contact they may have had was straight up exploitative and abusive Mm -hmm. because he was an adult and she was not. Right. This is abusive power, like textbook abusive power. Yeah, oh gosh. So who is Sam Shelton? So Sam Shelton was a teacher at a nearby school called Freeburg. He was a middle school teacher at the time. 
which mm. I don't know why that feels worse to me, but it does. Yeah. So he taught PE and driver's ed and had even been Ashley's seventh grade teacher in 2001. While many students adored Mr. Shelton and thought he was a great teacher and cute and all of that, many of the female students felt like he was full of himself, and some even claimed that he'd always kind of made them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. Sam was also an aspiring professional wrestler who went by the stage name or like performer name of The Teacher. So look at that. He was also (laughs) very clever. Wow. Wow. How did he come up with that? Oh my gosh. Two months before Ashley had gone missing in February, Sam and Ashley reconnected and began meeting up and playing basketball together. They always played at Latterman Park in Belleville, which was a little weird considering it was far from Ashley's home, but it was not far from Sam's home. Hmm. From there, the grooming morphed into full-blown teacher-student relationship. Oh, no. Which, once again, on no planet would I call grooming and the sexual abuse of a minor a relationship. It's not a relationship. Right. So by Friday, April 28th, 24 full hours since Ashley was last seen, her mom was a mess, playing through every awful potential scenario about where her daughter could be and if she was okay or even still alive at all. Oh, man. That morning, detectives went to Freeburg where Sam was at a baseball practice and brought him in for questioning. When the conversation first started, Sam was polite and helpful on the surface. Mm -hmm. He told the detectives that Ashley was a former student and that the two would meet up and play basketball in a public park every once in a while, and that was it. Thankfully, the detectives were not buying it. Yeah. They told him about the conversations they'd had with her friends that accused him essentially of abusing his role as an educator in order to groom and then abuse Ashley. Sam changed his story. From that point on, he said, yeah, okay. She was like a little bit obsessed with me. Like she developed some kind of like teenage infatuation with her teacher and she would call him nonstop. And so he'd been trying to avoid her. Mm. This is what he's saying. He claimed that he was out line dancing at the time that she went missing. And so he couldn't have possibly had anything to do with it. He also opened up about his home life. He lived with his mother and grandmother in an upscale neighborhood in Belleville, a fact that many people still cite as possibly peculiar and a potential explanation as to why Sam really didn't seem to have any healthy relationships with women his own age. Mm, Yeah. Police continued pressing and pointing out the inconsistencies in his story, and that's when Sam admitted that, yes, they had had sex before and that they were together the day before, the day that she went missing. So he had assaulted her because she's a minor. Mm-hmm. So there's not, there's not, there's no such thing as no consent room. in right. that situation. Right. So, okay. So he's, he's admitting to that. Mm-hmm. Which, he's also admitting that he was with her the day she went missing. Yeah. Which begs a question. Why would he openly admit to that? So, okay. Like, I'll talk about this. I'm going to assume that that means that he's also going to defend himself, that he doesn't know where she is now. Right. Which, okay. So his entire interrogation is actually available on the internet. Really? Uh, yeah. And they, I mean, they were smart about how they played it. It's another another instance, I feel like, of well-trained interrogators. Mm-hmm. They did a very good job of asking the right questions, pressing on the right things, backing up on the right things. Yeah. And I feel like they they made it very clear to him at this point where he finally started admitting to things that we already know, like you're not the first person to concoct this idea that we've seen even in this department. Like you're wasting your time and ours essentially 
by not just telling us what happened. So even after all of that, he still insisted that he did not hurt her or cause her harm of any kind because, quote, I have a very weak stomach. That Mm. was like his like hammer on the table. Like I did it. Like I. I could never. because Yeah. Because I have a weak stomach. Not like she's a human with value, like inherent value. But Mm. no, he just has a weak stomach. So anyway, he told them that they were riding in the car together when they got into a heated argument. At the height of the argument, Sam kicked Ashley out of the car, dragging her out of the passenger seat in his fury. And then he left her on the side of the road. But she was alive and well when he saw her last. Once again, thankfully, the police didn't buy it. And so they kept pressing. Sam went on a bizarre tirade about how he could never physically hurt anybody because even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake made him feel sick. It's like so random. That's his reasoning for not going back to pick her up after he left her on the side of the road. He insisted he was too worried that he would go back only to discover that she'd been hit by a car or something like that. And so he simply went home, got dressed, and went to a local bar for line dancing. Hmm. Police kept the heat on, insisting that Sam is the only one who knows what happened to her and that he was the only one who could give her family any answers. They also used the closeness that he had with his mother and his grandmother to their advantage. They basically told him all of the things that your mom and grandma taught you about love and life were still there somewhere in your heart. And they would want you to do the right thing here. Yeah. And so Sam was finally ready to tell them the actual truth. Oh, man. After Ashley's job interview the day before, the two met up at Latterman Park where they climbed into the back seat of Sam's vehicle and had sex. Mm. When they were done, they were both sitting in the front seats of Sam's car when suddenly an argument broke out. Sam told Ashley to leave the car, but she refused, so that's when he grabbed her from across the front seats and decided that he would pull her out himself. He said that when he pulled Ashley out of the car that he had used his wrestling training. He had put Ashley in a chokehold, and as he was dragging her from the passenger seat and out of the driver's side door, he heard a loud pop, and then she went limp. Oh, no. Sam let go of her, and she slumped forward, crashing her full body weight onto the dashboard of the car. Sam began to panic. They were in a pretty remote part of the park, and so there was nobody around who could have witnessed what had just happened, but still, he didn't know what to do. He checked her pulse, and believe it or not, Ashley was still alive. So any normal person would have never been in this situation to begin with. Well, right. (laughs) Any normal person who then hurt somebody by accident, as Sam claimed, would have rushed them to the hospital to get them help, called 911, called a family member that could help. Right. Anything. Right. Anything. But Sam Shelton is the opposite of normal. Oh, gosh. Instead of getting help for Ashley, he decided he was going to murder her and dispose of her body to conceal what he'd done. He leaned Ashley back and wrapped both hands around her neck, squeezing as hard as he possibly could, strangling her. But despite doing this for several minutes, she was still alive. Sam took off his belt and wrapped it around her neck, pulling as hard as he could. But when he looked at Ashley's face that was turning a sickening shade of like grayish blue, something about staring her in the eyes, like how personal it was, Mm -hmm. and seeing her foaming at the mouth, unsettled him. So Sam turned Ashley's body so it was facing away from him. He then wrapped the belt back around her neck, put his foot on her back for leverage, and pulled so hard for so long that the belt snapped. Oh my gosh. 
Finally, she was dead. Sam pushed her body onto the floor of the car and drove to Citizens Park, a heavily wooded park across town. He parked his vehicle and dragged Ashley's body out of the car and into the woods where he left her. After making his confession, Sam agreed to take police to Ashley's body. The woods in Citizens Park are actually pretty dense and vast. Mm. As officers followed Sam around the dark woods, it it was late. And plus it had been a solid 30 plus hours since Ashley had gone missing. It was also cold and rainy. So as Sam led the officers around, they kind of started to wonder if he was lying to them because it did kind of seem like they were running around in circles. Mm -hmm. But a little less than an hour into the search, they were about to head in for the night when one of the officers spotted Ashley's body. She was absolutely covered in insects and insect bites. Mm. She was cold to the touch, but she was alive. No way. Ashley had been laying in the middle of the woods, unable to move and unconscious, but very much alive. What? Police called for an emergency medical crew to come out who promptly arrived and rushed Ashley to the hospital. Police contacted Ashley's family who rushed to be by her side. She was placed into a medically induced coma and was not expected to survive the night due to the extent of her injuries. Right. Her throat had been crushed, her neck had been broken, and she'd been strangled three separate times on top of all of that. Right. She'd also been in the woods, in the elements, for 30-plus hours. Oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, Sam Shelton was quickly arrested and charged with attempted murder in the first degree. Yeah. Despite such a serious charge, Sam was let out on bail while awaiting trial. And while he was out on bail, he attempted suicide by overdosing on prescription pills. But his mother found him and got him medical attention right away. Hmm. He'd also handwritten a do not resuscitate order on his chest with marker. Like, that's not really official. So they're like, we're going to resuscitate you. So after that was settled, Sam Shelton pled guilty to the attempted murder of Ashley Reeves in 2007 as part of a plea agreement and was given a 20-year prison sentence. An extremely Mm. short sentence given the list of crimes he absolutely could have been charged and convicted of. Yeah. And given the gravity and gruesome nature of the attempted murder. Right. Sam is still serving his sentence at the Illinois Hill Correctional Center and is eligible for parole next year in 2024. He has never apologized for his actions, and the plea deal he took was an attempt to stop people from demonizing him, according to his mother. Oh, gosh. Poor, poor Sam. Poor Sam. People are not happy that he groomed a teenager, assaulted her, and then tried to kill her. Right. Well, he he could be in prison as... A sexual offender too. He should be. He ought to be. Yeah. So I mean, stack that on there. There's a few things you could stack on there, mm-hmm. but I won't comment on that now. So as for Ashley, one would think that given her injuries and the extremely grim prognosis that she'd probably never wake up again would only have a sad ending, mm-hmm. but it would not be so. Oh Ashley did wake up. In the months that followed her horrifying ordeal, Ashley fought with every fiber of herself to recover. It was an uphill battle, but she made strides in every area of her physical well-being, regaining the ability to speak, eat, drink, stand, and walk again. In every single way, Ashley Reeves is a living, breathing, walking miracle. Wow. Today, Ashley is 34 years old and married with two children, and she also works as a caregiver. Wow. Over the years, Ashley has come to terms with what had happened to her. She's actually watched portions of Sam's interrogation, as well as snippets of the police body cam footage of when police found her in the woods at Citizens Park, which that's actually on the internet as well. Oh my gosh. And I watched it when I was preparing for this, just like sobbing. 
because she kind of like her eyes kind of flutter open. Yeah. When she like they like are shining a flashlight on her. And it's such a surreal moment when they wow. realize that she's alive. Oh my gosh. So in 2017, Ashley sat down and did an interview with Elizabeth Smart, another incredibly brave survivor, yeah. and talked about her ordeal. Hmm. She said this of seeing the video of her nearly lifeless body being found. Quote, it's kind of hard to believe that this is actually where I was for that long and in that condition. It makes me feel like maybe I am as tough as everybody says I am. I'm a fighter and I just keep wanting to push myself harder and harder. End quote. Ashley also remains in close contact with the officers responsible for conducting the investigation and the ones who found her in the woods. Uh, a Lifetime movie was also made about Ashley's story titled Left for Dead. Wow. Um, I have not watched that one, but I've heard that that one is one of the really, really well done kind of true crime for yeah. the small screen films. But yeah, that is what I have for you today. Oh my gosh. Incredible. I, I highly recommend to go watch the interview she did with Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. It is just breathtaking that to is, hear her talk about it and her family and yeah well and how rare not like set aside the whole fact of like how crazy it is that she was still alive after all that time mm -hmm. just in general someone goes missing for that long it's it's not super high odds right to find them mm -hmm. and it's just really like shocking to to then stack on top of that all of the other variables of like, oh my goodness, she's still alive mm -hmm. and she's thriving. Like that's really, that's a really cool, that, that alone is a like, maybe not a feel good story, but it like, it, it's nice to end a story with like, oh, it all, it all turned out as best as it possibly could. Mm -hmm. And that's not how true crime usually is. Yeah. So, I'd, I feel like everybody needs to hear a survivor story. Mm -hmm. If you're into true crime, we all need to hear survivor stories every once in a while. Yeah. Because it just gets so bleak. Also, I think I forgot to include this, but Sam did go line dancing after he thought he murdered her. That's crazy. He actually went line dancing. There's like oh. pictures and videos of him that night. He's having a great time. Yeah. And yeah. also on Friday, so the day... She'd been missing since the night before. Mm -hmm. Everyone at school said he was totally normal. Students, coworkers, everybody said he was totally normal. Yeah. That's, I mean, I could have, I have a lot of opinions that I could share, but I, I won't because it, it can get really convoluted really fast. Mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll say one thing. He was already doing illegal things. Right. So, and he was already acting normal doing those illegal mm, things. That's true. Who knows what other illegal things he was already doing. Mm -hmm. That's speculation, I know. But like he's, he had already had demonstrably enough practice at pretending like everything's normal mm -hmm. in the middle of doing something that is wicked and evil. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you can overstate that when it comes to grooming a minor and taking it all the way to the point of sexual assault mm -hmm. it's you know that's that's a whole huge conversation that we don't need to have on this podcast right now anyway yeah. um but it's it's one that in my mind is pretty straightforward yeah he was already a criminal who was mm -hmm. doing doing criminal things mm -hmm. so oh wow 
Well, thanks everybody for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory story today. If you haven't already, please make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite listening platform to this podcast and they leave a glowing five-star review. Those reviews help other people who like this kind of podcast to find this one. Also, make sure that you're following us on all of our social media platforms at This One Is A Doozy on Instagram and TikTok and This One's A Doozy podcast on Facebook. And if you want to connect with us more directly, you can join us over on Patreon. My dear, why don't you tell them about Patreon? Yeah, so you can follow the link in our Instagram bio or in our Facebook About section or go to patreon.com slash doozypod. And for $5 a month, you can support our show. Supporters on Patreon also get access to all of our content ad-free, as well as two exclusive Patreon episodes each month. Yeah. All right, well, with that, we will see you next week for another doozy. Thank you. Bye.